field, 24-17. Bears trying to get their 10th win. Here's the boot up in the air. Going up for it. Allen Robinson, he's got it! I want to see the Bears give him an opportunity to prove that he can do this. Off he's caught the Packers. ball at the 43-yard line. When all the signs in the world were there. I think that'll be a fade to black moment with Allen Robinson taking it out of the air. That's what you're really hoping for that they really contribute to the team each year, and that you build a great base and foundation. And these loyal fans have been rewarded for their loyalty. It was, it was, it was awesome. It's, we picked up right where we left off. It was fantastic. And they have a Bears team to be proud of right now. Takes the snap, takes a knee, they head to the field. The Bears have won it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of 34 to Glory. I'm your host, Tyler Flesh, joined by my father and co-host, Brian Flesh. Hey there, Bear fans. Happy New Year to ya. Well, not quite yet, because well, this it's, is the day it's after close. Christmas. It's getting close, man. Um, You probably wouldn't say Happy New Year after the podcast where we have it after New Year's, but um, sorry about last week. We recorded the whole podcast. A cord got hit, unplugged the whole thing, and we only got some of the episode. We're going to have to fire our uh, technical director. Give me a second. You keep yeah. talking. This mic's all messed up. Okay. All right. Well, you know, that was... Uh, what do you What do you say about that game between the, the Bills and the, and the Bears? I mean, we look good starting out. Oh, I have a lot to say. Okay. I, I, I have an infamous... I, I mean, I... I'm going to be honest with you. Before we started this podcast, you said, I, I don't know what we're going to talk about. There, there's so much to talk about, about coaching and how bad of a coach we are. And hold on a second. Now I've dropped my phone. How bad of a coach we have. Yeah. No, coaching we are. How bad of coaching we are. At coaching. How bad we are. All around. Not just fucking one. All the fuck around. Okay. I, it's I fucking can't pathetic. Wait. I can't wait to hear this. So I went through... Because I'm sick of this shit. How many times have we won the turnover battle this year and we've lost? And then what is the NFL record when teams win a turnover battle? To wh- What's that record? I have that fucking all here. And I am sick of it, man. So it happened. One, we, lo- we, we, we lost to the Falcons, won the turnover battle. We lost to the Eagles, won the turnover battle. And in back-to-back games now, we lost to the Bills, won the turnover battle. You ready for this? Teams who have won the turnover battle are 151-46-1. Now, we have done that in back-to-back games. I can't find a statistic on that. We might be the first-ever team to do that. How do you win a turnover battle and you still continue to lose? The coaching's not there. It's absolutely horrific, pathetic. Name a fucking adjective. I mean, it is horrific, the coaching. It's not just bad. It's horrific. You had a chance in that game to actually do something against the Bills. I said it from the beginning of the time when the game started that I knew where that game was going. I can tell you right now that everyone watching at home and those freezing their ass off in that stadium could tell where that game was going. I don't ever want to hear the excuse 
of we don't have the receiving core, and that's why we weren't throwing the ball. Throw the damn ball and see what happens. It doesn't matter that you don't have the receiving core. You have what you have, and you have to play smart. You can't play run, run, pass, run, run, pass. We had the Bills in a position where they felt threatened. We let that position go because Matt Eberflus cannot coach a sixth-grade peewee football team, let alone the Chicago Bears, because you did what you did. We lost that game. You can't do that. You can't go run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Mix it up. Get creative. These play. You're telling me that not one of those players at the professional level can catch a ball. Again, we abandon slant routes. We abandon everything. We we throw one bomb that whole game that gets completed, and it was a beautiful pass to Valus Jones by Justin Fields, and then. No, we're done. We got our one bomb. That is all coaching. This game had nothing to do with players and capability as it has to do with coaching. You cannot have the statistics that I just have given you and you continue to lose. You played two of the best teams in the NFL in back-to-back weeks. Two of the very best. Both are considered to be favorites to win the Super Bowl. You have won those turnover battles. And you continue to get blown out. You didn't get blown out against Philly, but you got blown out at the end against Buffalo. That is beyond pathetic. Wow. That's that's a sobering, sobering statistic you brought up in terms of that turnover battle. I mean, that's... And, and I couldn't agree more with you in terms of the predictability of the offensive play calling. That, I'm 110% with you. It was like... Run, run, pass, run, run, pass. I mean, w- there was zero amount of, oh, why don't we mix this up a little? How about a play-action pass? How about even kind of um, motion or RPO or something? There's not. It was yeah. so plain Jane. It was unbelievable. Yeah, very vanilla. Very vanilla. Ah, man, Ty, what are we going to do? Because we're not about to change coaching, man. That's not happening. I don't know. It, I If I'm a so-called simple man who can sit here on the comforts of his house in Indiana and figure this out, then maybe a GM should. You, you I'm being dead serious. I don't give a flying fuck anymore about, oh, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. I'm telling you what you should do. I'm not living in the hypothetical worlds anymore. I'm tired of that shit. I'm fucking fired up, and I'm mad. How does this happen week in and week out? It's you, Matt Eberflus. You are never supposed to be an NFL head coach. You're not even a good defensive coordinator. You have lucked your way into everything. Go back to Toledo and go coach them. I don't want you near my fucking team. This is pathetic. This isn't even rebuild bad. This is not even rebuild bad. You are playing, your players are playing to that caliber against those kind of teams and you can't even keep it close. Come on, man. At home. Both of those games were in Chicago. What happened to home field being a fortress? I don't think that gets preached on. And it should. Home field should mean everything. And it means nothing, it seems like, to Chicago. Yeah, it used to be 
It used to be home field in Chicago when we had good teams. It was like, this is our house. You're not going to come into our house and and um, beat us. We're going to defend our house. Uh, I think a lot of that, I agree, I think a lot of that has gone away. Um, and, and maybe, Tyler, that's old-time thinking. Or maybe it's just, um, as you said, maybe it just all comes back to the coaching. The only game we have won this year where... I mean, I I don't know. Never mind. Sorry, I read that wrong. I mean, we we won the turnover battle against San Fran in week two. They had two turnovers. We had one. I mean, that, that, that other than that, I mean, you you go through it, and it's it's every week we have a turnover. We're not protecting the ball, but the point is. I don't think that's as big as deal as the fact that we're taking the ball away and not doing a damn thing with it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I for for me, I think the the thing that I'm most looking forward to is seeing one. How do we finish out the season? We do have a chance to be spoilers with with Detroit next week. We really do. We could we could, uh, uh, and it's at Detroit. So we're going for the worst record in the NFL. Yeah. Well, and you know what? If we end up with the first record in the NFL, that means the the first pick. The worst record means the first pick. Yeah, the worst record means the first pick. I'm sorry. Um so I hey, you know, I would be okay with the first pick. Really would. I want it. I mean, I would and I want it. I don't think it matters. In my opinion, not right now. I mean, I, Whoever's going to take, like, if Texans beat us out, they're going to go for a quarterback. We're not going to go for a quarterback, so it doesn't really matter, in my opinion. If anything, you have draft capital, I guess. But we have you have draft capital already. You can trade down if you want now. Like, you know what I mean? With mm-hmm. the number two. So, and I, I don't get it. Yeah, it, it may not, since we're probably not going for a quarterback. You're, you're absolutely right. It may not matter as much as I think it does. but um, It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. I'm being dead serious. What does it matter? If if the team ahead of you is drafting something that you do not need, then it does not matter. And it does not matter. I mean, he, Houston also has to lose a couple games. They're 2-12-1. They play Jacksonville next, and then they finish off with... Hold on. The Colts. And we go to Detroit next week, and then I believe it's Minnesota. Yeah, it's Minnesota at home to finish. Right, right. So, uh, don't don't believe we're winning the winning the one against Minnesota unless somehow they have locked everything up by that point and play their reserves. They probably will if you think about it. What are they going for? Well, um, who's who's ahead of them? Anybody ahead of them in the NFC? Ah, uh, well, shit. Philly lost that game. Yeah. So, that might so, uh, so I, up. yeah. See, I, that's what I was thinking too. Since Philly lost, I think they actually might have something to play for. So. Um, we'll we'll see. Really, will depend on how next. No, week they goes. do because Philly's thirteen and two, and they're twelve and three. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely. I don't know who holds the tiebreaker though. They I haven't either. played each other this year, have they? No, I think they have. I think Philly beat them. Oh, did Philly beat them? Pretty sure Philly beat them. Philly beat them week two. Ah, okay. That so that Philly goes, already holds a tiebreaker. Tie okay. So they could. They, I mean, they could, they could start. Yeah, I, I, the rumor is that Jalen Hurts, they may push him to come back because their next 
game really really means a lot to them. Why? So, um, that's that's what the coaching staff is saying. That, Gardner that, Minshew could be the Saints. Gardner Minshew could be the Giants. I I, I agree, but rumor is that that they're going to try to push Jalen Hurts back, which if he's really hurt, I I don't think would be really wise. I don't think it's wise if he's hurt at all. I don't I don't see what they're doing. They have a game in hand. They almost have two games in hand technically. I mean, I don't I don't see the point here. I mean, if they win, they lock up the first round. They lock that up. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. So we'll see. Maybe they I, I agree with you, Ty. I think Gardner Minshew can 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 take them on and No, but and I'm just saying I, I don't I, I don't understand Philly's logic here. I don't know. I, and how much of that is true and how much of that is rumor. So let's say they lose. Know. Let's say they lose. Then you got one game and you're tied up. Let's say Minnesota wins. Then you're tied up. Well, you still have the advantage going into the last game against the Giants. Then Minnesota would play as hard. But if Philly wins next week, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. And they lock up the first round and everything. I So... It's going to come down to next week, and then if you know Minnesota will not play, they won't not in that cold weather, not outside, not in Chicago. They're not going to play any of their starters, so we could actually maybe probably still get a loss there. Yeah. Yep. So it's going to be interesting the next couple of weeks. So hopefully we not will. really. I'm going to be honest. It's going to be mm. interesting for everyone else, mm-hmm. not us. It's not injury. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I just I can't get over the statistical anomaly of us just being this bad. This, this is a this is seriously sinking in with two games left on this entire season. Two freaking games left, and we're this bad. Like this is astronomical bad. Like this, like Guinness. Hey, hey. Sorry, I had to yell at the dog. He's in the kitchen. So, that's a bad thing when you have a dog who's so big, he doesn't even need to jump up on the counter. He just literally tilts his head and starts licking. So, what what I'm trying to say is, this is coaching, and this is all this is. And I, I can't stop preaching about it, because, yeah, there's holes. Yeah, defensive, offensive line, we talked about that. But as a team... As, as players go and progression goes, you've been seeing that and you haven't been seeing that from the coaching at all. There's no way we're getting in the playoffs. We're, we're already oh, statistically yeah. eliminated. But someone tell Matt Eberflus that because he coaches like we're a number one seed. I, and I'm sick of it. I, I'm sick of the conservative. You, the, got, you can't be. You know what I'm telling my punter to do? Have a seat, bud. You know what I'm telling Cairo Santos to do? Hey. You're going to get paid for the last two games, but you're never touching the ball again. Yeah. So the only time the punter's coming out, Dan, is the kickoff. I'm not kidding. Is the kickoff. We're not punting, and we're not kicking field goals. We're going to run our offense. The impressive thing with the players, and a lot of players in this position would have given up, but the Bears players are running to the ball. They're playing hard. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, Dan, why wouldn't you go and you sit your team down and you say, look, if we're on the one-yard line, on our own one, we're going to go for it on fourth down. And if we don't get it, okay, cool. That is now a scenario 
in which you get live action where you tell your defense to make a stand. I'm and I'm being dead serious. You have the opportunity now to put yourself in scenarios that you you'll likely see oh, in, cha- I- in like a championship game or a playoff game or something like that. You might as well continue to do that because literally, literally, Matt Eberflus, you have nothing to lose. That's that's exactly the way you should play these last two games. You should play them for experience. You should play them for hey. You know what? We're going to play this like they're playoff games, and we're gonna and we're gonna take all the risks we can to see what we have in terms of of taking those risks and giving you guys some experience going fourth and two, fourth and three, maybe. I, I would love to have the conversation with Matt Eberflus on why not to do that. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, it hurt the confidence of the player. No, what? Why? What, like, what well, confidence of the players? Because they'll go, ah, well, you know, you put them in a situation. Like, I can see a coach saying this. Well, you put that, the offense goes for it on their own 20, and then they don't get it. And now you're they're already in the red zone, the, other, the opposing team. That hurts the confidence of the defense knowing that they have to defend from there. No, save it. Here's what I'm telling you. Sit the players down, have a meeting, say this is how we're going to finish out the year. This is how we're going to play the rest of the year. So here's the other thing that good coaches would do in this situation. And that is if you have anyone who's been on your practice squad who is looking like, hey, this person really has some potential to play. These last two games is where you, you, you put those guys in the lineup and see what they can do. You really do because you could have a diamond in the rough just sitting there going into the off season and we all know situations in which people have have literally found diamonds in the rough in the last 3 games of the NFL. And especially but like the only the time that does not apply is to our quarterback situation. No, no, of course not. No, but, no, no. I mean, yeah, but, Peterman but, comes off again, throws two well, passes and one. I know. Oh, come on, Peterman. Yeah, I know one's. Well, come on, Peterman. He's on our fucking team. You don't got to come on Peterman to me. Come on. The, he why is he even on the goddamn team? Yeah, he's just I mean, I know. Why is he even on the on the team? That's a whole separate discussion of why. he's But, even but on he, the team. Here, here's what I'm saying. Right. You maybe you don't even want to play Justin Fields, which I'm against. I think he needs to play the the rest of the season. I mean, I know the games are pointless and stuff, but it's experience, you know. Unless unless he's banged up, and then I don't know. I don't have that inside information. What I'm saying is that you go in, you go to the games, and you just go for it all the time. It doesn't matter. You literally have nothing to lose and everything to gain because you can move up to a number one, the first overall pick in the draft. Right, right. You literally have no. You literally have nothing to lose. There is nothing to lose, and you're still playing competitively. Yeah. What they are doing now is not competitive football. If anything, to me, by not going for it, by punting, by not letting your kicker try a 50-yard field goal, you are basically giving up on everything to try to get that number one pick. To me, you're not fooling anybody. The fans in the NFL, I feel like, and I'm not even making this up, no more than the players and the co- and, the, and the coaches, and s- not in overall football. But what I'm saying is in situational football, because it doesn't make sense. Everything I'm saying right now makes sense. And I'm not just trying to be full of myself. I think every listener out there would agree that why not? Why why punt? 
Yeah. You have nothing to lose. You have three wins on the year. Yeah. I, I'm I'm with you totally, man. I really am. I I would like to see us play good, good, aware football and put us into different situations. Give guys that experience that you know that they can tuck back into their 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 belts for later on. Well, you talk about experience, right? They keep forcing this Valus Jones upon the offense. Well, let's really force him now because he ain't got no one else right now. So figure it out, Chicago. And I don't, you know what? Don't, I don't want to see any trick plays either. I don't, I don't care. Save those for next year, you know, because you used them all up this, oh, wait, no, we never even ran one. Just, my God, dude, we just have a coach whose favorite ice cream and like, like, the, he can go to Vegas. He can go to the Bellagio. And he can be surrounded by the best dessert in the entire world. And he'll order, can I get one scoop of vanilla ice cream? <laughs> That's our coach. <coughs> I mean, it is absolutely pathetic. Yeah, I, I love the scenario there. And and it's it's actually really, really true. That's That's the way he is. That's the way he's coached. You know, pretty much the entire year is but is played it safe. We got a coach who came from nothing and who is nothing. Like, I'm sorry. Look at the resume, bud. You haven't done a damn thing. We don't need a defensive-minded head coach, and that's exactly who we have. You know, the players were so high, so high up on the, oh, yeah, we got rid of Nagy. And, and then, then they were taking – Darnell Mooney took shots at Nagy. Well, the grass ain't always greener. And I believe that if you can't do what Matt Nagy did, and Matt Nagy did it in his first year going 13-3, and dude, you're not even coming close to that. Now, if you can't even come close to that in your second year, there's a problem because when Nagy came in, it was supposed to be a rebuild. I will give him credit on that 13-3 and year. And to do what he did with Trubisky after what we have seen with Trubisky. I don't know what happened to Matt Nagy if something happened in his personal life because we've talked about this time and time again on the podcast. He was not the same person after season no, one. Not the same plays after season one. That's what I mean by not the same person. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't creative. He wasn't going for it. I don't know if it was just all Andy Reid's playbook that he carried over and then he lost all creativity. I don't know. But... What I do know is that he was 13-3 and three in that first season. He won Coach of the Year. Eberflus is not even close to anything. Anything. Like, that. that that's the problem here I'm having with this whole thing. I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here just, just for a second. And say that... I do believe a positive out of the Eberflus era so far is the hard-hitting hits principle. But you can ha- you can have a hard-hitting hitting defense and that hits principle, which I do like, by the way. But if you have no offense to go with it, how much does it serve you? What hard-hitting D, though? Like, they hit them when they can? I mean, we're... We're getting gashed on the ground. Oh, I, We're getting I, gashed through the I, air. I, I, mean, I know, but but people aren't giving up. They're running to the ball. They're, I mean, you know, 
they're still playing hard. Is but that doesn't fall on coaching. In my opinion, that does not fall on in coaching. Because at that level, there's incentives. There's incentives in their contract. There's money dangling over their heads. And in my opinion, that has nothing to do with coaching. Has nothing to do with it, in my opinion. Because So do you think that hits principle is help, not help, neutral? Nothing. Nothing. I, okay. I, I think it's worthless. Why, why do you got to tell a grown-ass man to go hit? This ain't college. That's why people have a hard time transitioning from college. That's why Cl- Cliff Kingsbury is about to retire. You cannot treat these kids who are making millions and millions of dollars, who are still a lot of times kids, let's be honest, they're 23, 24, making that much money. These kids are the top, at, they're the top of the top. The top of the top already have this thing called competitive juice beyond what you and me have. You don't need to tell that guy to get up and go out and hit. He's going to get up, he's going to go out, and he's going to hit. Now, are some motivational words nice and help you run through a wall? Absolutely. But to sit on this hit principle is the biggest crock of shit I have ever fucking heard in my entire life. How about this for a principle? Not be predictable. Have some motion. Like there is no like why we don't run motion to understand if they're in a cover two or coverage or zone or man is beyond me. Yeah, we've Get talked away about that a lot from the bubble screens. My God, the bubble screens. Oh, those bubble screens and and look how how often do those really pay off? This none. Year? They don't pay off at all. Yeah, every time I see one of those bubble screens being thrown. The first thing I I think of is oh by the way, the d- other the defense who met, no matter who we're playing how already has two guys over there. Have you ever noticed that? There's almost two guys over there waiting for the screen well, to no, happen. It's not even two guys. What it is is if we line up with trips on the outside, so three guys are being covered. Well, guess what, dumbasses, you can only block. Two guys, and then you have one-on-one with the guy who caught the ball, and he always goes down immediately. You know why? Because when Fields turns to square his shoulders towards the wide receiver, that cornerback's already breaking downhill. Mm-hmm. It's a lose-lose. Yeah. yeah. But we continue to do it, and we continue to do it very unsuccessfully. So this is what I'm talking about, though. Back in the old days, and, and even, even Frank Wright, Fires Rodrigo Blankenship. The reason I bring this up, I have said from the beginning that Santos needs to go. Draft a kicker. Why we continue not to draft a kicker is fucking beyond me. Because we get rid of Pat O'Donnell, who we drafted, and he goes to the Packers, and Pat was an okay He was a good punter. But we get this other punter. I don't even know his name. I'm so upset right now. It'll probably come to me. But we draft him. But we don't draft a kicker, guys. Punters don't put up points. Kickers do. Cairo Santos is missing. We have not had a good kicker since Robbie Gold. There is like a curse of Robbie Gold going on here. And we continue not to... you, You can't tell me that there is not one kid... On you, I don't even care if he's a YouTuber bombing. Give him a chance, for God's sakes. I am so confused on the fact that we do not draft a kicker. They don't get drafted very often. 
if at all, go get a kicker with a leg. Yeah, I would be fine with using a later draft pick. With That's what I'm saying. I'd be fine with that. I brought this You're, analogy up before, so, though, Dad. You can use that later round and get a kicker who will probably make the team. Yeah. How many six-rounders make the team? Well, remember the stat we brought up earlier on in the season. I believe with six-rounders, only 15% of six-rounders ever make the team. 15%. Yeah. Do, do, do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So guess what? If you draft a kicker with the six-rounder, he's going to make the team. I am so sick of not having a kicker. Yeah. Are you? Oh, yeah. You know, at first when I thought, okay, at first I thought, oh, so Santos missed one. Yeah, the weather was real bad. Man, you were you were on it, and I wasn't. Because I thought, okay, give him a break. Don't, you know. But, man, he is he's just turned out to be oh, bad. and he can't kick in weather. Oh, no. God, that ball looks so flat so, and so bad. So uh, coaches, uh, bear coaches, listen to this. Guess what happens in Chicago? There's lots of wind. Do you think you need a kicker with a strong leg with lots of wind? Uh, yeah. How about that? So when you look at a kicker, don't get some guy who is accurate but doesn't have a strong leg because I'm telling you, you need both. And you got to be able to kick against that wind in Chicago. I just don't think people estimate how good a kicker is. I mean, look at Joseph for the Vikings. He's literally winning them game well, after game after game. I mean, look at the well, best kicker in the NFL right now, Tucker. Yeah, I, uh, uh, There you go. I mean, how many points has he gotten for that team? Baltimore. All right. And, it, like, he's missed some, too. Well, That's yeah. going to happen. But yeah. when you make a shitload more than you he, ever miss. Yeah. I mean, he's, what, still at 95 96%. Robbie Gold's still kicking at an alarming rate for the yep. Niners. Yep, and doing very, very well. I don't think I'm ever going to get over that till we replace it. That's the problem I haven't got over it. I'm not bitter that we got rid of Robbie in the aspect of... Oh, I'm bitter that we got rid of Robbie. You know, let me finish. I'm not bitter in the aspect that we that we got rid of him is more of that we... I'm bitter about... See, God damn it, you interrupted me. I am not mad at the fact that we got rid of him as much as I'm mad at the fact that we haven't replaced him. Yes, it sucked to get rid of him. I understand that. But the fact that we have not got anyone, even in his pinky toe, the talent that Robbie has in his pinky toe to replace him is pathetic to me. Yeah, that's been bad. That's pretty much like drilling a hole in your boat and uh, not replacing it. I mean, it really is. It's a small hole, but that boat leaks, and it weighs you down, and it's weighed us down. It's not, but it's not even a small hole. Like it, it Cody Parkey, like missing the like those. Nagy didn't get rid of him. Eberflus doesn't get rid of him. Get rid of someone. And also, no offense to people named Matt out there, never hire a head coach named Matt again. <laughs> and, and we're leaning towards never hiring a GM named Ryan again, too. I'm being dead serious. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on, but I feel like these two are the same fucking coaches, Dad. Nothing has changed. You can't have that talent and, not, and, and, and win three games. Our roster is better. And then... The, the announcers, oh, no one wants to play this Bears team because they're tough and they're gritty. Everyone and their mother 
wants to play this Bears team because it's the same shit week in, week out. Start off strong the first series because the first series is entirely scripted. Where have we heard this before? Oh, yeah, the Matt Nagy era. Oh, the first series is totally scripted. And then we are not a second-half team. We are not. We are a first drive, first possession team. After that, we are shit. Yeah. It well, we're just we're just predictable. That's the bottom line. You can that is you, that, but, you can predict us on offense. You can predict us on defense. We 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 hardly ever show you any any different looks. I mean, what you see is what you get. Um, I would love to throw against us because you, you, hardly any hardly anything is disguised. I mean. Must be the easiest. We must be one of the easiest folks to to play against for a young quarterback because what you see is what you get. Well, I just think that whole game was hysterical. How they were saying before the game that this is the uh, this is the time where you rush the ball, and no no quarterback wants to get hit in this. Allen even said when he played in cold weather, this cold for the first time, what startled him was how he wasn't putting his hands in his. Uh, pockets quick enough and he he couldn't he started his fingertips would go numb so think about that so why would you want to run the ball let me make something very clear fields ran the ball seven times and he only got 11 yards because it's fucking freezing and no one wants to hit that frozen tundra also (laughs) josh allen only carried it for 41 yards and he only carried it six times so yeah did he do better yeah but like you can definitely tell they were like hey let's lay off it's cold guys it's cold. Like, I mean, you, you know, when you held Josh Allen, who is a great quarterback, and you intercept him twice, and then we get a fumble recovery, and you get beat 35-13, to 13, it, 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 you just sit there. And I think the most frustrating part isn't like, oh, we're missing plays or – we're not hitting them downfield. It's we we don't have anything. Yeah, we have no cre like. N- n- I feel like we're a lawnmower, and we're stuck in turtle, and everyone else <laughs> is either halfway between turtle and rabbit, or all the way at rabbit. I really do. Like I feel like for years the bears just coast in turtle. Mm-hmm. I can't take it much anymore. I mean, I'm trying to stay positive, and. You know, Fields is lightning. He he's definitely gonna get signed. I don't know when, and if they don't, they're. We're, I feel like he's gonna flourish somewhere. I feel like if a Kyle Shanahan got his hands on him, you would shit. Oh, yeah. You would shit your pants, and he'd be an MVP within a year or two. Right. Right. I'm not even kidding. No. 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 I mean, Fields. Fields is looking really, really good, and. And for the people who are out there saying that Fields can't throw the ball, man, guys, look at some of the throws he made on Sunday with 20-mile-per-hour gusts well, and, and hitting people right in stride. That's not people talking, Dad. That's just their jealousy. Okay. I'm, I, ser- yeah. I'm serious. I, I really think that because they're like, oh, running quarterback in the league. They slow down. Allen doesn't run as much as he does anymore. Hey, he's Lamar th- doesn't run as no. much as he does anymore. I mean, yeah. come yeah. on. Yeah, I know, but he's three times better at throwing than Lamar ever was his his at the same point in his career. Three there, times there, better. There is a really, 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 really bright side to this offseason. There's something that that 
we we all need to collectively I don't know this pot the the Bears fans nation if we can just sign the world's biggest card and uh, send it to the Denver Broncos because God did they save us! Holy <laughs> oh. shit, is Russell Wilson washed? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm gonna say washed because I don't have an answer. I I mean. He got roasted on. Did you see? He got roasted on Nickelodeon on the Nickelodeon broadcast by Patrick. Yeah, Patrick's like, oh, I don't think that's what he wanted to cook. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, this is brutal. Yeah, he he had what first two two drives? He had two interceptions, or was it the first three the f- drives? He I, had know, three, I, I know, three I know interceptions. A, I, I mean, I I I know he had three interceptions at least. I know it was the first drive because I watched that one before we had to go because, you know, yeah. Christmas and everything. Yeah. But it, it was it, the... Yeah. yeah, you're right about sending them a card, man, because, man, if we would have picked him up, think think of... 15 for 27, 214, one TD, three interceptions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, we, we, dodged a, we dodged a bullet with that one. He has 3,000 yards... 12 TDs, 9 interceptions this year with a QBR of 34.9, which is 29th in the NFL. And remember, that's not out of 32 because a lot of players have been hurt. Right. So, so I don't so, know the number, yeah, but that's, I mean. It's probably closer to 40, actually. <laughs> I mean, whew. whoa. Yeah. That is that is something. So there, I, I think there, there are more rainbows out there for Bear fans. Just, just not that. But what is wrong with him? What Russell Wilson? I mean, I, I, I said he's washed, but like, if I think about it, if he's hurt, that could be it. But like, I don't know. He, I mean, come on, he put up some decent, decent. I mean, stuff at Seattle, but he's gone to Denver, and it looks like he's never played football. We were on this podcast a year ago saying that we were debating if it'd be worth him for four first-rounders. Oh, I know. And we we all said, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he... I don't think I've ever in the NFL seen someone who played at such a high level at quarterback for so long as Russell Wilson, and then he goes to Denver and looks like he's never played the game of football. Never. Don't think I, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that ever. Something's going on. Yeah. Something's up. Also, something's he's up. one of the most cringe worthy players oh. ever. So I like just his promos and stuff well, that he does. Well, he, he's so out of touch. I mean, he, he continued for the longest time. He continued to do the whole let's ride. I mean, okay, this is a guy when they fly to London, who's doing oh jumping jacks in the fricking aisle. Okay. He, I, I don't think he takes the mirror off himself too you, awful long. Do you think he's just socially awkward? Like, I, I really do. I think there's just, like, this is quite unfair, but this, this did happen. I'm not trying to get racial, but the, the joke was when he was in the Seahawks, they'd make fun of him saying he was too white, but I don't even think that has anything to do with it. I think it just comes down to he is a socially awkward person. I think he struggles with interactions socially. I I agree with that, and I wonder how much of that though is driven by his own narcissism. I don't think it is though. I think, think he's just always been like that. I think he is solely focused on sports and saying the right thing. 
Does that make sense? But like, for a guy who wants to say the right thing, he says the wrong thing a whole lot. No, he hasn't. Think about it. When he first started in this league, and from the beginning of time, you got everyone likes to live in the here and the now. He was the most boring, plain Jane quarterback. No one ever talked about him other than his play for all the years he was in Seattle. Now he does that let's ride. Now he does that weird sandwich commercial. Then he does this other weird commercial that I don't even want. Like, it just got real weird. Yeah. And now everyone's talking about him. But before that, no one talked about him for years. And now everyone's like, oh, he's always been like, no, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. He has not always. I believe, because I have heard him on podcasts. I've heard him on interviews. He talks like a robot. I believe he does not pick up on social cues. And I believe, I, I really do. I I look at Russell Wilson going, oh, that's who he is. If you met him, and I've heard this too from other people, he's like that without cameras. He's always, they, they call it always on. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, what if he's just that awkward? Almost sounds autistic in a way. Yeah, well, I don't want to call him autistic. Well, I, I know, well, but I autistic like, you know, I'm not right, right, that. right. But what I'm saying is, I just feel like that's who he is. Yeah. I'm not. I don't know him, but I'm saying like when you watch him, it's like he has a handler. Like Russell, don't say this. This is what we're gonna stick with. This is what we're gonna do. And like. He makes like the jokes that like people laugh at as courtesy, and he's done that through his whole career. You know that I agree with. Like everything seems so scripted around him because they're like Russell. You're like it almost okay. This is the best way I can explain it. It's almost like his agent met him for the first time, and his agent said, "We need to get someone to handle him because he has no social awareness whatsoever. He he has he's yeah. awkward. He's cringy." He can't be that and be a good player when, in matter of fact, yes, you can. Like, look at Marshawn Lynch. He didn't give a shit about the media, and he blew up. Like, you you can. It's just the perception of what the so-called experts want. Right, right. Uh, you know, he, he, he just lacks what I call mindfulness, a, a sense of awareness about himself and other people. And, and just not very mindful of who he is and what the circumstances around him are. But, but see, and I agree with you to a point, but doesn't it also feel like this? <laughs> it also feels like he lives his life out of a Disney movie. And you talked about the trip to London and him being hurt. <laughs> and I just picture him in the jet on the way over there going, hmm. What would make a really good Disney film? Oh, what if I start like working out in the aisles and the guys are like trying to sleep and they slowly start to open their eyelids and like cut to the camera like all blurry and then it starts coming into focus and they see me and then like my linemen start to perk up and they're like, that's our quarterback. Hell yeah. And you just made my case for lack of mindfulness. That's what I'm saying. But like that's yeah. what I mean, I think he sees everything yeah. through oh, a Disney movie. Like, yeah, yeah. I get I get where you're coming from, but the rest of the world's going, uh, we're trying to sleep here. Do you think he's jealous of Kurt Warner? Because Kurt Warner got <laughs> the Disney movie where the grocery store, he's like, damn, damn, Kurt was bagging groceries. I need to be doing jumping jacks on the way to London. <laughs> like seriously. Good, good it, luck getting that movie, buddy. 
But yeah, but yeah. that's how it that's how it sets up. It's almost like he's never gonna get it because he is trying so hard to like become this this movie so, icon like biopic film that's never gonna take place. So we we have our challenges this off season. But how would you like to be the the Denver Broncos um, manager and and right now GM I, GM? How would you like to you? Would they sunk what two hundred fifty four million dollars into him? Well, it's Elway. Yeah, That's yeah. Who, that like if yeah. you look at John Elway, he has not been good for the Denver. Oh, Broncos. he's not. And and it goes to show that you can be a great quarterback, but you that doesn't necessarily transfer to to being a great general manager. Uh, so what? I mean, what do you well, do? He, if you, what if you he's do? If more, you, he's not. He what is he? He's the vice president of operations. Yeah, yeah. He's got a general manager, I guess. But now he's above that. The but, problem but is he, he's above that. That's the problem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. He ain't. He ain't just. So, no. 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 But wouldn't, wouldn't you agree they have one hell of a problem in in Denver this off season? I mean, what are you gonna do? Can you possibly stick with a guy like him? Well, he won him a Super Bowl. On the field and off the field. Remember, he brought in Peyton. I I get it, but you can't. It's hard to say that. Look at the bet. Like you're going to go through teams and say, okay, how and you know, it it's he won a Super Bowl, so that that buys you years of credibility, years. So I don't think they're getting no man. Answer no. Well, they're screwed then. Well, they're for sale too, aren't yeah. they? Um, the rumor has it that they could be for sale. I haven't seen anything official. I have. Have you? Okay. I've seen that they've been trying to offload that team. Okay. All right. So I I think kind of where we, this all got started is we were thanking our lucky stars that we weren't, that we didn't take um, Russell Wilson. Thank God. And we now have Fields. Fields definitely look like the franchise guy of the future absolutely believes he's going to be our franchise guy of the future. Yeah, ESPN. Oh, okay. And, uh, this is this is when I saw it. This article is from June 8th, 2022. The Denver Broncos have entered a sale agreement with the Walter Penn family ownership. The sides announced Tuesday the agreement is for $4.65 billion. So they, they, I guess they sold. Yeah, you're supposed to fill air so, there, buddy. So if they've sold, I imagine it's pending kind of raising all the financing and, and money pending finalization then. Oh, God, you're not going to believe who bought them. So this <laughs> this Walter Penn group, uh-huh. oh, they're not going to give a shit about football, man. <laughs> They're, Who they're, are they? They're headed by the heir of Walmart and his daughter. Oh, really? Yep. The guy that used to drive the truck. Robert Walton and his daughter, yeah. Claire Walton. Hmm. And her husband, Greg Penner. I think that's how you say that. P-E-N-N-E-R. So it's about to, you're telling me it's about to be a, a Walton family reunion. For the Denver Broncos. Um, Broncos CEO. So I don't know when it takes. The sale is subject to review by the NFL's financial committee and must be approved by a full vote 
of NFL owners. 24 yeses are needed for the sale to be approved. It is expected to take 60 to 90 days for the sale to be approved and the deal to be closed. No issues are expected. So that was all the way in June. Wow. Okay. Well, I really, I really missed that one, man. I remember good, good it was for, sometime good, in the good, summer. Good for you to bring that up and correct it. So I guess where all this kind of really comes around is we kind of we, – we, we, Hold we on. Is it, it going to be Walmart Mile High Stadium now? It could very well be. Oh, my God. How would you like to have that as your – as like <laughs> – Walmart. Walmart Field. Oh, God. Yeah. Just cringing. Well, welcome to Walmart Field. Uh, yeah. You get a discount as you walk into the stadium. <laughs> so, Take coupons for your tickets. That's Could right. you imagine that's like, right. if Walmart Field, they made it like sell, they had self-checkouts and then they actually had cashiers just for your tickets and like to check your bags and stuff? <laughs> Put your bags up, ma'am. All right. You're good to go. Do you have any coupons with you that would take anything off the top here? <laughs> Just imagine what the vending stands would look like out there. Oh, my God. Oh, man. That'd be great. Gross. That'd be great. It's all like Walmart food, <laughs> yeah, like right. gas station hot dogs <laughs> right. and the rollers. Right. Here you go, buddy. That chicken's only been spinning there for about three weeks now. <laughs> we, we started a last away game. <laughs> Wait, you mean last week? <laughs> Weren't we on a bye? Yeah, last yeah. away game. But so two weeks ago, yeah, there we go. But try to bring this all back is that we were really grateful to dodge Russell Wilson and that whole bullet. But we have an enormous amount of cap space that we're entering this coming year with, man. I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see. Okay, what what moves do we make with it? Because well, that, that's part of the rainbow here, you know. Well, I think this year we definitely have to do a whole episode on just players who are going to be free agents, players through the draft, who we would take because we've been spouting our our gums off and flapping our mouths and it's time to put it like we got to I mean we we have raised all these questions when the you know some answers but not all of them so I think that's what we need to do in the off season and after the Super Bowl, once everything's finalized and coming up towards April, we'll sit down and we'll do that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They, I mean, I'm just not big into the draft. I, I like watching it, but it's just hard because it takes a guy so long to develop to get excited for. And I don't no, know. No, there's a, if, if I, I disagree with that a little bit. If you look at the recent wide receivers that have been drafted in the last two or three years, Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Um, ah, I mean, you Chase know. is a little different. I'll agree with Jefferson, but it's easy when you already know the quarterback. When you played yeah. four years yeah. with the quarterback, but, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's but it, different. If, if you look at some wide receivers, though, there, there have been some outstanding wide receivers that have gone into the NFL recently and – and that the basically even in their first year have have put up thousand yard seasons, so um, yeah yeah there are some positions that it takes longer to develop absolutely right you you rarely you rarely see you know um, a center come in in the first year and and go Pro Bowl that type of thing um, you know there there are some more difficult positions quarterback being among one among many. But we have our quarterback, so it'll be interesting to see what we do. But what, you know what we don't have? We don't have a backup. Do not – I mean, did not the Gardner-Minshew thing 
with the Eagles show you the importance of having a backup. No, they lost. Well, yeah, but they know, lost because of, they lost because of Sanders' fumble, right? Yeah. Okay, not because of anything Gardner Minshew did. No, I mean he threw that interception, then it helped. That well, turned into yeah, points. but but I still think they could have. I mean, put it this way: against a really good team, he came in and and was a was a very good backup. I disagree with that. I you disagree. Don't, you with, don't think Dallas is a good team? No, no. I think Eagles are far more talented than on both sides of the ball. They're beasts, dude. On both sides of that ball, I mean. Uh, Devontae Smith, remember, too skinny to play? Uh, hello. <laughs> Not true. You know, when Nick Saban comes out and tells you... The, so if Saban doesn't compliment the player from Alabama, they're probably not a good player. But when Saban comes out and says, look, guys, this is the best route runner I've ever seen come out of the Alabama program, he'll sit and ask questions, and his... His studying of the game is, I mean, that's everything. Because I think what people don't understand a lot of times is it doesn't matter. You can be a sub. You can be, a, and I'm I'm being dead serious when I say this. You can run a four seven as a wide receiver and still be a hell of an elite wide receiver. You don't have to have all that speed if you can run a crisp route. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. because. At the end of the day, all that matters is a thing called separation. And you're not you're not going to get there by speed if the guy knows what route you're running. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it's really hard to catch up to a guy if you take a false step left and he jukes you and you go left and he goes right even even if you're like, "Oh no," and like right in the middle of it and you <laughs> catch yourself, it's over if the yep. quarterback sees that. Yep. No, I, I think that's an excellent point. So, so I uh, I mean, that's what. Look at a guy like Jefferson. That's what he does really, really well. He, well, and he also can jump through the roof and go up. I mean, that oh, absolutely. That but who knows how long he's going to be there? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm serious because I, I think the time's up on Kirk Cousins. These mm-hmm. games are becoming way too close, and you're seeing a very shaky Kirk. Mm-hmm. So, Is, do you have a favorite for the Super Bowl? Um, I I have a team that I want to w- win the Super Bowl, but I think they're a well, long let's shot. Go with, let's go with one, and then uh, let's go okay. with. Um, I I I'm hoping I'm hoping the Chargers get into it. I I've always kind oh, wait, of wait, I've always on. kind of liked the hold Chargers. On, um, hold on, hold on, hold uh-huh. on, stop, stop. The real. T- you want to tell the listeners the real reason? They're <laughs> look at him. You can't tell. He is smirking. He is laughing right now. He's going to deny this, and he's going to say he forgot, but go ahead, Dan. Well, I do have a bet on him. There it is. There it is. That's the real reason. I I would like to see that bet come true, yes, but but I also think the Chargers are getting hot at the end. They have they have Derwin calling, coming back tonight. They have Bosa coming coming back within a week or two. Um I I I I think they they could be a particular problem for some of these teams. I really do. I, I'm just not saying it because I've got a bet on them. All right. Well, I have so a, that's my that's my dark horse. You you want to know my favorite? Yes. My favorite. My favorite is still Kansas City. I like the Bills. I also have a bet. I'll be honest. I have a bet on the Bills, but I like the Bills. I love the Bills at home field advantage. 
I lean Kansas City. If I think that I honestly think that comes down to home field. Mm-hmm. I think both places are a pain in the ass to play. Yeah, absolutely. They and are. if Buffalo gets home field, though, holy that, shit, that, watch out. That makes it hard. That makes it very, very hard. And Buffalo, I, Buffalo has the tiebreaker on Kansas City. They beat them this I year. Know, I know they do. I, I think the team though that can come in there and play play against Buffalo is Kansas City. I, I do too. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. listen. You're not going to get a mm-hmm. peep out of me on that with Mahomes. Yeah, I, I'm. Those are to the uh, buckle up, everyone. Yeah, because that will be a hell of a for years. We get to watch that for years. I mean, what they did last year, still. Ooh, ooh Mr. Kitzel. I mean, you gotta appreciate that, right? Like, it, just as a pure football fan. Oh, th- that was that was just the most engrossing, spine tingling game I've ever seen in my life. I didn't think it happened. Like, with time and everything? No, no. Who would have predicted it? No, no one. So, what I was going to say is, uh, this year, we've had some difficulties, technically. We've both been sick. So, to make up for the fans, I think we're going to... It's not going to be about the Bears, but we're going to do just playoff episodes and recap and stuff like that. What do you say? I, I say, let's go for it, man. Sounds good. All right, we'll see you next time. Remember, it's always a good time when you... Bear down.